0: Matthew chapter 9, verses 16 and 17. Verses 16 and 17. And it says this, and it says, No man putteth a piece of new cloth onto an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Let us just bow in a word of prayer heavenly father and lord jesus christ lord we thank you lord for the word your word for the word the lord jesus christ heavenly father lord tonight lord i just pray lord that you would bless these scriptures to our hearts lord that you would guide me through each and every scripture lord Lord, that you would guide my lips and my tongue, Lord, to speak thy word, O God. And Lord, if there is anything, Lord, that I have put down, Lord, that would not be of you, Lord, take it from thee, O Lord. Lord, help us to understand thy word. Lord, as it says in your word, let your spirit lead us into all truth. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Right, so we read this about the new wine <clears throat> in new bottles and about the new piece of cloth onto an old garment. And what is Jesus trying to get across in these two verses as he speaks them? Well, first of all, we have to understand the time and the place that Jesus is in. And and, and if we look at these scriptures, we see um, if you look through the chapters that he is in the nation of Judah he's not in the kingdom of Israel he's not in the northern kingdom but he's in the southern kingdom of Judah and that nation was controlled by the Sadducees by the Pharisees and by the Herodians So there's three, three, three parties the two parties the Sadducees and the Pharisees were religious and the Herodians were a political party they were a political party. But all of this was, it was done, if you like, under the governmental control of Rome. So they were under this, this government mental control of Rome. But you see, when we look at this, Jesus was trying to convey a message. He was trying to convey a message for the reason that he was there. You see... Jesus was born under this uneasy alliance that was with Rome and with Judah. But he came to do away with something. He came to, to, uh, to take away the old Levitical system. He came to take away the religious ordinances of that system. And he came to make a new Covenant. That's what he came to do. Now I want you to notice something though. He didn't come to do away with the moral law. Which was the commandments. Ten commandments. Because even if you look in John 14 and 15. It clearly says. If you love me. Keep my commandments. And then again in Matthew 5 and 17. Jesus clearly says this. He says, think not that I am come to destroy the law. All the prophets I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled verse 19 whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven but whosoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven so you see The Lord wasn't doing away with the moral law of things. But he was doing away with the Levitical ordinances of things. So that's something to remember. And this is something that we are are, 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 in a way of facing as a nation now. We're starting to, to have big problems. And it's lawlessness. Our nation is facing a problem of lawlessness... And the reason that is, it's because they have turned away from the law of God. They have turned away from his commandments. They've decided that they know better. And now look at the state that the nation is in. We can see it all around us. I mean, there were so many things that the Lord had blessed us with in his word that would keep us in the blessing of God. And it was always the same because they were told, you can read about it in in Deuteronomy chapter 11, the blessing of God. He said, if you keep these, you will be blessed. So now we're seeing the fruits of what man's government is doing to our nation. When you take it out from the laws of God and you give it to the government of man, everything always goes wrong. Everything always goes wrong. So Jesus came to change things. In John 14 and 6, it says this. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So notice what he's saying. So he says, I am the way. So he's the way. So what is he saying here? The way. He is pointing to a way of a new dispensation, if you want to put it. A new dispensation or a new era, if you like. And that man could have full access to Almighty God. He had full access to Almighty God. And this was never even thought possible when you look at the old Levitical system. Because when you look at the old system, and even the Pharisees in them days always would have gone along the... the um, they would have always said that nobody could have a personal relationship with God. Because God was far too holy. But as I, I've, I've said before in previous times, we see this in the Old Testament that God did have relationships with people in the Old Testament. Abraham, yeah. Jeremiah... Moses, Isaiah, we see it all with the prophets. He spoke to them, he was personal with them, and this is exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ came. He wanted to have a personal relationship with his people. The truth, notice he was laying a foundation of truth, and you notice whenever the truth is spoken. Lies are always shown up for what they are. So when he was speaking the truth, he was the truth, and then you start to see the lies being exposed, and then people don't like it. That's when you start to get resistance. So he was the truth. And he, with him being the truth and laying this foundation, then we have the word of God start to be unveiled. For what it was meant to be, it was starting to be unveiled. It was starting to show who He was, and then you started to see that what the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all of did. was starting to mingle the commandments of God or the Word of God with the traditions of man. You see, so this truth was starting to pour forth, pour forth, and was starting to reveal the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ who he truly was who he truly was the life the life was the promise this was the promise of the everlasting life that is only ever found in and through Jesus Christ he is life you see everywhere he went you see, when you see the Lord Jesus Christ and He touched and He healed, that was because He was life. He was life personified. And you see, any sickness, no matter what it is in somebody's—that's death. And so, when the Lord came, He was life unto everything. So He was the life. So when Jesus said about the new wine, new wine skins, and a patch on an old garment. He'd actually come, he was saying, he was talking about the new covenant. That's what he was talking about. A new system of things. And he was he was basically saying, I'm not going to try and patch up between the old and the new. There's got to be something completely different coming in. So Jesus Christ was conveying this Over to the people. So this new system. This new system. Would have a perfect sacrifice. It would have a spotless lamb. It would have. The Lord Jesus Christ. Give himself. As the sacrifice. Now notice. What it says in Hebrews. 10 and 9. It says this. You can follow along with me. Or you can. Look at it on the screen there. It says, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. You get that? He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. They could only ever be covered, they couldn't be taken away. Verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand of God. And why did he sit down at the right hand of God? Well, We've all heard of the right hand man, haven't we? He's my right hand man. This is where a king would have somebody sit at his right hand because he would have all the authority. It was a symbol, a symbolism of somebody who had complete authority. Not only that, when it says he sat down on the right hand of God. In other words. There was nothing else to be done. All the other priests would have to go again. And sacrifice again. And do the same things as the scripture said. But you see when Jesus did it. That was it. It was done. Paid in full. Amazing. Now you say. Why, 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 why does all this matter? Well. When we turn on, well, I don't, but when, when we turn on these religious channels and we hear all the preachers that are on there, we get this Christianity, Judaism blend, don't we? we hear it all the time, and even Judaism. As it is practiced. You can't even compare it with the old Levitical system. Because Judaism's roots you'll find are in Babylon. Because that's where it all comes from. It came out of the exile of Babylon. And you'll find it all in the writings of a book called the Talmud. And by the way, it's a hellish book, that. It is, it's from the pet, that is. And this is what they do. They revere that more than they would do the Bible. And they would take all the writings from it. And this is where you get Judaism. And you see, the thing is, what we need to get to grips with is that true Christianity and Judaism have no place together whatsoever. It's as simple as that. They can't mingle. They have no place. And you see, <clears throat> we get this and we get them to try and say, you know, and they've all got the prophecy things. And you know, to be honest, we even forget how it goes now. But they all go on about it, you know, and all this over there, and they're the chosen people, and they're great, and they've got to do this, that, and the other. I tell you something, it's nonsense. It is complete nonsense. The only thing that they get right is probably the area. You see, most people in the state of Israel, and I'll be honest with you now, and honestly, you've you've got to look in your Bibles here, because the Bible will tell you this. Most of the people over in the state of Israel are not God's people. Now, there's a remnant there don't get me wrong but they are not God's people and I tell you something Jesus even addressed this in his day turn with me please to John 8 because I want you to see it in script you don't take my word for it <clears throat> John 8, verse 38, please. This is the Lord Jesus saying this. It says, I speak that which I have seen with my Father, and and ye... Do that which you have seen with your father. Notice what he's saying here. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. Notice what he said. If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me. A man that have told you the truth. You see what I said about the truth? Which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, we be born not of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, if you were, if God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my words? You are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he he is a liar and a father of it. Notice what the Lord said. You're of your father the devil. And you're certainly not of your father Abraham. Please turn with me to Revelation 2 and 9. Now look what this says. It says, I know thy works, Jesus again, and the tribulation and the poverty. Thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Now that's Bible. That's not me saying that. So you see, the Lord knew who were his people and he knew who weren't and he knew who was trying to mingle the word of god with the commandments of men because they were being an obstacle to coming on to the kingdom of god it's what they were and even in matthew 23 go to matthew 23 and you'll see what the lord says to them Flipping through a few few scriptures, Matthew 23 and verse 36. And again, look at what the Lord says: He says, Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wing, and ye would not. Behold, what did he say? Your house is left unto you desolate. You notice what the Lord says. He says, That's it. Your house is left unto you desolate. You see, Jesus had come to make a new covenant. But the new covenant he came to make with his people, which was the house of Israel. Now, why the house of Israel? Because they would be the ones that would bear the fruit and would take the gospel yes. right across the world yes. as it was intended. In the very beginning, Jeremiah thirty one of verse thirty one, <clears throat> and you'll see what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Go, 31. i 31. He said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant Look, with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. do you see? So he's talking about the new covenant. Which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with whom, The house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. He was going to make the covenant in the heart. This is what even Paul says. It's no longer about the circumcision of the flesh anymore. It's the circumcision of the heart that God is looking for. Now, in Jeremiah 16 and verse 15, it even says this: It says, But the Lord liveth that brought up children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whether he had driven them. And I will bring them again into the land that I gave unto their fathers. Now, listen to this: Behold, I will send. For many fishes, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after I will send for many hunters, and they will hunt them. From every mountain and from every hill and out of the holes of the rock. You see what the Lord was doing. He was making that covenant. He was taking it to his people. Because then he would know that his people then would start to go forth and spread the gospel. everybody that they could come into covenant with the lord thy god with our lord jesus christ you see isn't it amazing what the lord was doing and you see then from then on when the lord jesus christ died on the cross you then start to see the gospel go west because his people were starting to spread it out that was the gospel It was the gospel, and then it starts to go into the nations, and then you start to see the likes of Britain, and then America, and the mighty missionary works that took place. They were bearing the fruits of what the Jesus Christ had laid. You see, you start to see it. So Jesus brought forth this new era, this new dispensation of things. So He was doing away with the old Levitical system. He was doing away with corruption. He was doing away with the traditions of men, And you you notice that as he was doing all the way with this, we start to see that the Lord was creating this people to carry the gospel right across the world and to bless all the nations with it. So we see this. So when we look at what the Lord has done in this new dispensation... Christianity, the true Christianity was completely different when you start to look at it than what the Pharisees and what the Sadducees was trying to implement. You can see it would never ever go together. What the Lord's plan was, was to spread it right across, not to keep it. You see, when we look at Judaism, we see this. The religion of Judaism is concerned with self-righteousness. The gospel of Jesus is concerned with heart-righteousness. The religion of Judaism was concerned about what men thought. And the gospel of Jesus is concerned about what God thinks. The religion of Judaism was concerned only with the outside. The gospel of Jesus Christ was concerned with the inside. You see, it was complete opposites. It wasn't compatible. And this is why, when we even have a look at any other religion, Christianity is always vastly different. Because it was born of God. Everything else was born of man. And the imaginations of it. Because you see, it's the Lord... Changes a man from the inside out. Religion tries to change him from the outside in. And it never works. Please turn with me <clears throat> to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 7, verse 39. We'll look at something else, what the Lord implemented. says but this spake he of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive for the holy ghost was not yet given because that jesus was not glorified so the holy ghost now this if you like a dispensation as i said if you like a new era that was coming in we see this or we read this many times in the bible when you look through the bible you start to see what we would call, like, if you like, the glory. The glory of the Lord or the glory of, of God. You see it in the, um, in the tabernacle of, of Moses in the wilderness. You see the fire, you see the, 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 the cloud and the voice of God. And then you see the temple of Solomon. And the temple of Solomon, you see the fire and the smoke. And that was filled the temple and the voice of God. The presence of God filled the temple. But well, the Lord wanted to do something greater. The Lord died on the cross to make a new creation. To make a new creation out of us. He died on the cross to make us vessels that we may retain living waters or the Holy Spirit. The Lord died on the cross to make us temples that were made without hands. So that we could then become the temple of the Holy Spirit. You see? So after his death, the resurrection, you turn to the book of Acts. Turn to the book of Acts. Chapter 2. And you'll see what I'm trying to get at here. You've got to look at the day of, of, of Pentecost in the book of Acts. And you'll see, you'll start to see the similarities between the day of Pentecost and between the temple or Solomon's temple. Chapter 2, verse 1. And it says, when, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one, with one accord in one place. Now let me tell you something, that's a miracle in itself getting a load of people in one accord in one place. I'm telling you, the Lord had to be in that, didn't he? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them clothing tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them. Utterance. Now you'll notice something here. It says about the cloven tongues. And I, I, th- I think I've mentioned this before. But that, but that, was, that was the. the um, like the Melchizedek priesthood. That was the king and priest. It was the office of king and priest. That's why it was cloven. It was in two. So it was given this. This, this authority was starting to come. Come down onto the believers. That Twofold authority of king and priest and even the bible tells us about making us a nation of kings and priests but when you look at something solomon said in second chronicles 6 and 18 it says but will god in very deed dwell with men on earth behold heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee how much less this house which i have built you see he's on about this coming a day When nothing will be able to contain the Lord apart from what he is going to do inside his people. Now look at this, a type of the temple that I, I was saying to you on that day of Pentecost. You see, in the temple, there was 120 priests leading the people and praising God while waiting for God to dwell in the Holy of Holies. In the upper room there was 120 praising God and waiting for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit to come down upon them. <clears throat> In the temple, there was 120 priests trumpeting, singing, praising God with one voice. In the upper room, there was 120 praying with one voice and one accord. In the temple, the glory of the Lord filled the Holy of Holies In the upper room, the glory of the Lord, the Holy Spirit rests upon each of the 120 in the form of tongues of flame. In the Old Testament, the priest could not minister while the glory of the Lord was in the room. Only one priest, once a year, could enter the Holy of Holies. With the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, that curtain that curtain of the Holy of Holies was torn asunder and the glory cloud of the Lord came and rest upon them 120 in that upper room. You see, when the Lord was saying new wine into new wineskins, he was saying there's only one way you've got to get that new covenant. There's only one way you are got to get that new wine. And that's through the Lord Jesus Christ because he's yeah. going to have to make you a new creation. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You see, the Pharisees wanted to hold on to the traditions. The Lord says, no. There's something new got to happen. There's something amazing got to happen. And you're going to have to be made anew to receive of it. And it is amazing, brother and sister, when I hear people say about the Old Testament, say, boy, what would it have been like to be in the temple? Boy, what would it have liked to be, you know, in the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament? (laughs) Let me tell you, you see them boys from the Old Testament? They would have loved to have been where we are now that they could be the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. You know what it is? And I mean this reverently to each and every one of us. We've lost the awe and the majesty of Jesus Christ. We truly have. We've lost, if you like, the beauty of the access that we have to Christ. What a privilege it is to come into his presence. What a privilege it is to praise his name. What a privilege it is to call him our Lord, our Abba Father. What a privilege it is to know him, to be able to walk and say, Lord, you know everything about me. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that even though I'm going through the valley, thou art with me, O God. What a privilege it is. Brother and sister, our hearts should leap should leap with joy to know that we know him and he knows us but in a loving way. And it's something that them in the Old Testament, they only had a glimpse, a foreshadow of. They didn't know the fullness like we have it. They haven't got it. But I want to tell you something else as well. You all hear about the rebuilt temple, brother and sister, it's useless. Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have been made anew. And we can retain the new wine. And that's why the Lord said, no, I'm not patching it up. There's no point in trying to put a new patch onto an old garment. Because it's got to be useless. Everything has got to be made anew. Well, brother, sister, I hope you got something from that this evening.